Today's reading is from Genesis um, chapter 1. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark all over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, let there be light, and so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. God said, let the waters swarm with living things. Let birds fly above the earth in the dome of the sky. God created great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swam in the waters. Each according to its kind and all the winged birds each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them. Be fertile and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. This is the word of the Lord. Would you please pray with me? God of grace, God of truth, we give thanks for your presence that surrounds us and envelops us and all of creation. And we pray that through your spirit, we will hear your word for us today. Amen. So today we celebrate St. Francis of Assisi, whose renowned for his service to the poor, his commitment to nonviolence, and uh, through loving all creatures. In his 20s, Francis like, had this big radical life change. He took a vow of poverty. But later in life, he started to wonder if he should have gotten married and raised a family instead. As he was out for a walk one day, praying about this lingering question, Francis saw some birds on the path, and he stopped and spoke to them, but he spoke to them as equals. And in this moment, he realized that God is just as present in the birds as God is present in us. And, and so for the rest of the light, his life, he, he cared for animals. He would, you know, move worms from the path so they didn't get stepped on. He left out honey and wine for the bees during the winter. And he was famous, he famously preached for the, to the animals. Because of this, he was named patron saint of the animals and the environment. And so on his saint day, we, churches around the world, hold liturgies of blessing the animals, just like we did today. So I thought it would be a good time to look at what we're actually doing when we bless animals. And more than that, how can it enrich our spiritual lives? So let's start with that word blessing. What does it mean? If I tried to understand, if I like tried to learn the definition of the word blessing based only on how I hear it used, it would be so confusing. Because the way that we most frequently use that word is when, we, when someone sneezes. We say, bless you. Yeah, that's, that's the main use, but it's not like we... Well, someone sneezes and we hearken back to Numbers 6 and 
think, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We just know it's kind of weird if someone sneezes near us and we don't say it. But at least it's not an insult like it is in the American South, right? Where you can say the meanest thing you want and then follow it up with, "Mm, bless her heart. And somehow the insult magically disappears. Oh, she tries so hard to look pretty. Bless her heart. Wait, what, 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 what? Were you calling her ugly or playing a blessing in her life? Or there's also the way that we use blessed on social media to sort of externalize and sanctify our privilege. If we say we're blessed, then we don't have to wrestle with how privilege and systemic injustice got us to a beach in Hawaii. We just say that God gave us our dream vacation because we're blessed. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a dream vacation in Hawaii. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. But when we use the language of blessing, we might just be implying that God chose us to drink a Mai Tai on white sands while others lose their housing. And that's where the language of blessing gets really tricky. Are we asking God to bless some people in particular, but not others? Is that what we're doing when we bless the animals? We're going around and asking God to bless these particular animals that we love, but the rest of them, nah. Is that what a blessing is? I'm going to go with maybe. In her excellent book, uh, An Altar in the World, Barbara Brown Taylor has has a great, it's a great sort of chapter on blessing. And in it, she defines blessing as uh, to make or pronounce something holy. Now, make or pronounce, that's a big difference. Because if a blessing makes something holy, then it changes the thing. It becomes holy because of the blessing. But if a blessing pronounces or declares something is holy, then that thing isn't changing. We're just naming what's already there. So which is it? When we pray a blessing, are we making something holy or are we naming and recognizing the holiness that's already there? And the answer to that probably depends on our church tradition. Because... uh, in like a liturgical church, uh, we bless water before baptism, and that makes the water holy. There's a change in the water because of the blessing, and afterwards you actually have to pour it down a special drain or pour it directly into the ground because it's now holy water. When we bless a marriage as a sacrament, We're saying that's a little bit different, that we're adding a spiritual commitment to the relationship that makes that marriage holy. Basically, this understanding of blessing says that the act of blessing makes something or someone holy or special. It's not any old tap water or any old relationship. It's blessed, so it becomes special or holy. But with that, 
If we believe that the church has the power to make something holy, then we need to be careful with that power. We need to decide what's worthy of being blessed and who is allowed to bless things. Which marriages are allowed to be blessed and who is allowed to bless them? But pronouncing something holy is a little bit different. It's actually really different. Because we're naming what is, recognizing that God has already made something or someone holy. It's a way of saying that holiness is embedded in God's creation. It's an acknowledgement that everything God created shares in God's holiness, whether or not it meets our personal minimum standard of what is required to deserve a blessing. It's a way of saying that this thing right here, it is holy. It's always been holy. Not because anything I did or we did, but because God made it holy, and we simply need eyes to see. And that is more of the kind of blessing that we tried to do, or at least in that spirit, with the blessing of the animals. And it's what's happening in a variety of spots in the Bible. In Luke 2, when Simon blesses baby Jesus at the temple, Simon doesn't make Jesus holy with this blessing. Simon's gift isn't the spiritual power to, again, make someone holy. His gift is recognizing and seeing the holiness in this child. Similarly, in Mark 10, uh, people want, that's the, we're actually going to get to this in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll preach on this, but people want to bring kids to Jesus to be blessed, but the disciples want to keep them away. So Jesus scolds the disciples and welcomes the kids, not because, you know, these little brats need to be blessed so they'll get their act together. No, Jesus explains very explicitly that Jesus is blessing them because God's kingdom already belongs to them. We even saw this in our scripture today from Genesis 1 in the first creation account. God creates animals. God creates all living things. And then the first thing that happens after they're created is that God saw how it was good. Then after seeing their goodness, God blessed them. It's not like all living creatures were made good and holy because God blessed them. It's the other way around. God blessed them because they were good. And, and as I sort of point out those scriptures, I do want to just name, yeah, there are scriptures where God blesses things to make them holy. Like, I, God's relationship with the family of Abraham is, is blessed. It's made different and special and holy. But the practice of deciding who deserves to be made holy with a blessing, that, that feels like a, a spiritual minefield. But the practice of pronouncing blessings is really different. It provides opportunity for us to spiritually engage God's presence in God's creation. We can 
pronounce a blessing on anything that we see in creation. Actually, uh, as I was working, I was writing the sermon, this would have been what, Thursday morning? No, Wednesday morning. I was, I was writing the sermon, and a crow came and landed on the top of the Urban Grace neon signs, where they kind of like to hang out. So instead of going back to continuing writing, I thought I should practice what I preach. I should bless this crow. And the first thing to do when, when blessing, or pronouncing a blessing, is to basically turn your attention and curiosity towards whatever it is that you want to bless. So I, I let this crow become the subject of my curiosity. And maybe this sounds obvious, but the first thing that hit me was that this crow is a living being. It's not just one of the many objects in the background of my life. This crow is its a living being that's eating what appears to be a piece of salami. <laughs> and and that, maybe that's what sort of reminded me of, of what I know about crows, that they're scavengers. In many cultures, they are omens of death. And even in the Bible, uh, you know, they're the one animal on Noah's Ark that kind of gets a bad rap. And all this, you know, crow-hating has, has shaped me. I realize that because I, I love birds. I, I don't really love crows. Despite the fact that they might be the most intelligent birds in the world. Crows can play tricks on other animals, complex tricks. They recognize human faces, and actually they can tell other crows about, like, humans to be wary of. And they're one of only four animals, humans being one of those, that can create and use tools. And despite that, we humans have always been wary of crows, but every single crow is a marvel of God's creation, including that one sitting right out my window. So as I thought about this particular crow, I, I just, I thought about, I don't know, who that crow was. I, I wondered about how it might even be the very same crow I saw on the corner of 11th and Market dropping some sort of nut into the middle of the street for cars to run over. That crow that made me stop and watch as it waited till the light turned red where it swooped down and get its food. And of course, I don't know if that's the same crow, but because I can't distinguish one crow from another, but that crow might know me. The guy who sits behind the window, ignoring the world around him. I mean, I don't know anything about that particular crow aside from the fact that it's a living being blessed by God, a living being that could be blessed by me. So I took a moment and I blessed the crow. I didn't like, you know, stand up and do the sign of the cross or anything. It was just the voice in my head. Bless you, crow, for being you. Bless you, crow, for your wit and your guile. Bless you, God, for giving me this crow 
who are giving life to this crow, who woke me up to your divine presence all around me. And I had this, this great little moment, and then of course I wanted to take a picture of the crow, maybe it kind of, so like, because it'd be cool, or to prove I wasn't making it up, and of course the picture was terrible, and you couldn't see anything, and then the crow saw me and flew away, and it ruined the moment, but that's okay, because the the spiritual practice of blessing or of pronouncing a blessing, it doesn't need to be a transcendent moment reserved for God's most miraculous creation in God's most transcendent places. It can be simple and short. You, you can give it a try on anything or, or anyone. Next time you're in the DMV, Look around and just remember that every single person there is dealing with, some, with something significant. Like the mom lugging around a car seat who's trying to chase down a five-year-old doing laps, or the old man who's sitting and struggling to get out of his chair, or the person playing on their phone. You can't know what they're going through, but... They're there for a reason. Maybe, maybe that reason is that it's just one more thing to get done in their busy life. Or maybe it's the only time they'll be out in public today. We don't know the particulars, but what happens when we see them as blessed by God? What happens when we silently play, pray a blessing on their life? Not because we've deemed their faith worthy, nor because we have the power to make them holy, but simply because they are loved and created by God. What happens when we name that God embedded holiness at the core of every single person? My guess is that will help us look with compassion and see the world as filled with the most ordinary things and ordinary people, yet even they are drenched with divine possibility. It might, actually, it might even make us more like Jesus, who began the Sermon on the Mount by pronouncing blessings on those the world seemed to overlook, the poor, the meek, the peacemaker. So I want to try this out together. We, we're, we're not, you know, at the DMV or in my office, so we're going to have to imagine that we do have some, some animals here. And, and since it is the blessing of the animals, uh, I want to, we'll, we're going to try blessing, pronouncing a blessing on your animal. And we're going to have to use our imagination. So I want to ask you to begin, just close your eyes. And, and think of an animal. It may be one you know well, like a pet, or one you don't know, like the squirrel you crossed paths with yesterday. Just take a second and choose an animal. Now, what do you know of this animal? What have you observed? Just reflect on that for a minute.
how has this animal make you feel loved or how has it made you feel connected to creation? How has this animal revealed God's beauty to you? Now, as you hold that animal in your thoughts, pronounce a blessing on it by naming how it is holy to you. y'all can open your eyes, but we're going to sort of transition into a little bit more space for reflection. Manla's going to come up and play some music, and you can continue pronouncing a blessing. Maybe, maybe that was not enough time to pronounce the, an adequate blessing on uh, an animal, or perhaps you want to bless something else. Maybe you will bless a sacred place, just sort of ask. What role did this place play in my life? What did you feel there? What made it different or holy? And what blessing can you pronounce on it? Or you might bless a person. Maybe someone who loved you in a vulnerable time. Just ask, what about this person who loved you made you feel loved and supported? and bless them by naming how they were a manifestation of God's love and, and thank God for the role they played then in your life. Whatever it is, take a moment to reflect on something that's good and holy in the world and pronounce it so. Amen.